Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards, a podcast from uh, Hawaii and Pittsburgh. I'm Christine Heath, and I'm doing it uh, today with my partner in crime, Judy Sedgman. So welcome. Um, today, we thought we'd take on the whole notion of talking about your problems to get better. And there's kind of this notion that uh, when you go to therapy, you should talk about all your problems so you can fix them and then you'd be happy, right? Unfortunately, when you do that, you never get to the end of your problems. And so each week, you've got another set of new problems to discuss and talk about and uh, see if you can manage them. So unfortunately, that doesn't actually end up with happiness. It just ends up with new problems because that's kind of the state of mind we're in. But uh, I think because when people are in really um, insecure states of mind and they think, okay, I got to go talk to a therapist that's in psychology, what psychology paid attention to was what people were talking about. So people would come in and talk about things that were on their mind that were bothering them, things from their past, particularly that seemed to be troubling them in in the moment today and um, people that they didn't like, people that they thought were making them feel badly. So it seemed like if you talked about uh, what was happening in the person's life and tried to solve their problems, that then they would be over the problem and they'd be able to be happy. They'd be calmer. They'd be able to handle their life. But unfortunately, that doesn't work because the problem is being created by the state of mind that you're in. And if you're still in the same state of mind, you're using the same thinking to figure it out, which is why Sid always said, said, he said, it's like trying to figure out how to be happy is like jumping back in the shower to dry off. So if you could figure out your problems and fix it, then you'd feel better. But really, we have to do it the other way around. We have to go directly to feeling better. And then the problems either disappear like they weren't even there, or you totally see what you want to do about it. You know, the funny thing about keeping track of your problems is that they get, as the more you think about them, the bigger they get. And then the more problems come to mind. And I, I know I used to experience that. It's funny. I, when I was, um, my husband was in the air force and we were first married and I noticed that I was really getting bummed out a lot. And I realized that in our na- our little neighborhood where we lived, <clears throat> we lived off base, but almost everybody that lived there was in the air force. And, and uh, so all the women would get together and have coffee or something. And I was, when, when we first got there, I was looking for a job. I hadn't found a job yet. So I was home. And um, so I would sit around and have coffee with everybody. And all they would talk about is their problems. And I had, I didn't come from a culture in which that was the common thing to do. You know, I, I just, that wasn't a habit of mine, but you get into it, you know, people's problems are kind of interesting. And then you feel like, well, I got to come up with some problems because I don't want to be the outlier in the group. 
And I realized at some point when I went to work finally, and I had to stop going to have coffee with with the gals in the neighborhood that I felt much better. And I first I thought, oh, it's great because I feel better because I'm working. But actually, I felt better because I stopped focusing on problems. And I had something positive. I was teaching. I had something positive to do every day. And I loved the students. And, you know, I had something to look forward to. That was true. But I also found that I just didn't dwell on my problems or anybody else's problems. And that that was a, it never dawned on me until way later when I got involved in the principles that I could have learned more from that lesson. You know, I just thought, oh, well, that's good. I, now I don't have to hang out with those people anymore and I can just teach and I'll be feeling better. But it never crossed my mind that focusing on problems was my problem. <laughs> and that was until I got involved in the principles later on. And I thought, oh, no wonder I hated those coffee clutches because that's all we did. We got together and everybody had these terrible things going on or they you know, when the war was so sad or people were killed or their kids were struggling to adjust to life on a base or, you know, whatever it might have been. And, um, and it was, it was, it was never ending. They never ran out. And I think that those little gatherings that we do with our friends are just like therapy. You know, I kind of, we take that same habit to therapy, only the therapist is supposed to fix us. Whereas we're just expecting our friends to commiserate with us. Right. Plus, the other thing is, is that I find, I mean, two things is that one is, is that when people come in for counseling, they come in with this expectation that they should tell you their problems and everything that's wrong with them. So like sometimes it takes a couple of sessions for people to kind of get to a place where I can finally say, okay, I think I have it now. Let's talk about how to get you healthier because they're so determined that they have to talk about everything that's wrong and everything that has been wrong in their life. In fact, frequently people don't want to go back to therapy because they don't want to like go through it all again, because at some level they kind of know that it's kind of a waste of time. The problem was that they were in a state of mind where they were into the problem solving mode. And when we stay in that state of mind or that looks like the place to live, we will continually come up with a problem to solve, even if we don't nothing exists. Like, I mean, I'm surprised at myself frequently of the things I can think of to make a problem. Like I remember I'd be upset about something at night and I'd be worrying about it and thinking it was such a problem. Oh my God. And then I go to bed and go to sleep and I'd wake up the next morning and I couldn't remember what it was. (laughs) Then I'd freak out and think, what's wrong with me? There was, there's something really bad in my life and I can't remember what it is. (laughs) So I get freaked out about that bit. But what really happened is that I went to bed and went to sleep. I woke up in a better state of mind and I didn't have the problem solver on. I wasn't creating a problem for myself until I started thinking about it. And then I went back into it. Like now I got a problem not remembering my problem. (laughs) That's really funny. So for help with your memory. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I really, I was very concerned, like, oh, my God, there's something looming out in my life, and I can't remember it. You know, like, That's good, Chris, you can't remember it. Yeah. But the other thing that happened to me is when I was, oh, a young girl, 22 or 3 or something like that, um, I decided I need to go to 
to therapy that I was clearly depressed and a mess and I needed to go get some help. So I, I go to therapy and I start to, I start in a women's group. And so everybody comes every week with their problems and how to deal with their families and all the issues that everybody had. And, and then I got like, I was really pretty good at figuring out problems with people. Oh, that's why she's thinking this. And that was really the reason I decided to go into counseling because I was pretty good at that kind of and interested in people's problems, why they had them, what they should do about them. That was kind of a fascination that I had. And I think that happens to a lot of people. Like we get fascinated with ourselves, with our life and what we, what we should like fix about it so that we could be happy. And so the more I, the more I got into this world of, problems in inside of me that created you know who I was or my experience of life the more depressed I got and so my family would come to me and they'd say Chris we think your work is starting to get to you because by this time now I'm I became a therapist like oh I like this I'm gonna do this and suddenly it became my hobby I was kind of a therapist on the side and my family would say, I think this is affecting you. Oh, no, I'm really looking at these problems. I'm the only one in the family who is actually dealing with what's going on. I'm <laughs> actually the healthiest person in the family. And they watch my mood just very slowly over time start to tank, right? I start to be more negative and more angry and more upset. And, and uh, so when I learned the principles and I suddenly woke up to the fact that I was creating my problems. I cracked up laughing because I thought, oh, my God, I just spent $25,000 and seven years analyzing my own thinking, stuff I made up. Like, oh, my gosh, that's so ridiculous. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. But, you know, so but that's that we're, we're kind of tricked into it. And we're told that if we, like, think about what's wrong and fix it, then, you know, we'll be happier. We'll have a better life. And that's true for some things, you know, like if you figure out how to um, get the plumbing fixed in your house, mm -hmm. you can fix that and you'll have a better life. And it's nice. It doesn't, doesn't help you as a human being to live in a healthier state of mind. Because you can still have your plumbing fixed and come up with another problem. Mm -hmm. Right. So our thinking is used to do to kind of process things we have the variables for, the information for. So it's a it's a beautiful experience for that. It's a gift that we have, the ability to think. But when we use it for things it's not designed for, it just doesn't work. So you can come up with a zillion problems, talk to your therapist about it, and then you also think that the therapist hears it as a problem. It must be true. Yeah, like she thinks it's a problem too, man. This is very real. Yeah. And on top of that, the therapist can't solve it. So yeah. the therapist, in my experience, people say, well, I don't know. I've been to a lot of therapists and they've given me great advice, but it never works out for me. Or I forget what, it, what she told me, or I forget um, how to do what I was supposed to do, or I get... I quit therapy because I was so disappointed in myself and I didn't want to go back and admit that I didn't follow the therapist's advice. Oh, wow. That happens a lot to people. They just yeah. feel like, and then now they've got a problem because they can't see their therapist and they're guilty. So, and it's, it's really, it, it's such a house of cards that we can build and it just, you know, until it tumbles, it's, it can get very complicated. But I, you know, I had a client 
one time came to the Women's Resource Center and she was uh, getting better. She was starting to see her health and feel resilient. And we weren't talking about her problems. She would leave happier than when she came in, which was unusual for her because she expected to come to therapy and cry and leave with Kleenex. And and she said, uh, you know, I've got to go back to my psychiatrist to get a refill, you know, on my medication. And what am I supposed to tell her? And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I, I'm going to ask her if I could have a lower dose because I think this is affecting me. I think I feel better now and I don't need as much medicine. And I said, well, just tell her that. Tell her that you think that you're feeling better and, and, and you know, you'd like to try to lower dose and see what she does. Well, the psychiatrist said, um, that's, that's denial. You're in denial. And that's a serious problem when you go into denial because you're not facing your problems. And this woman got very confused. She was quite upset because she said to the psychiatrist, no, I've been going to the free counseling. I can't afford to see you all the time. I've been going to the free counseling at the Women's Resource Center. And I've been meeting with this person there that explained to me how problems are created within our own mind. And then our state of mind goes down and then we start seeing them get bigger and bigger. And then that's all our thinking. And I'm starting to see that. And I just don't feel that I'm as troubled as I was. And the psychiatrist was very upset with her and said, well, you're going to have to stop seeing me if you're going to keep seeing that other person. And so she came back to the Women's Resource Center and she, she was really upset because she didn't get her prescription. And um, the psychiatrist was angry with her and said like, she had to quit seeing me, but she didn't want to quit seeing me. And now she had another problem <laughs> and she had turned that into a big problem. And I remember that session very clearly because I said to her, look, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. You can go back to the psychiatrist if you feel like you're more stable on medicine and seeing her. Or you can keep coming here and you have to follow your wisdom. But I said, the one thing that I'm confident about right now is that you know what your wisdom is and you know what it feels like when you get a wise thought. So whenever you get the wise thought you need, and I don't know what that thought's going to be for you, but whatever it is, you do that. And she said, you're not mad at me? And I said, no, of course not. Why would I be mad at you? I said, I have great confidence that there's nothing wrong with you and you're, you're going to see your own strength and you'll do what makes sense to you. And so she left thinking she was going to go back to the psychiatrist. And, uh, but she was driving to the psychiatrist for her next appointment and something told her turn around <laughs> so she told the story later and by this time she hadn't had her medicine for about three weeks and she hadn't missed it which was almost amazing because usually you have to titrate off those meds but she hadn't missed it and she came back and called and made another appointment with me and came back and said you know what i almost went back and then i thought what are you doing to yourself you're off your medication, you feel better, and you really want to talk some more to that lady at the Women's Resource <laughs> And it was so funny because people, there is something about our common sense, you know, when we, we, when we break the habit, the problem habit, there's something about our common sense that says, yeah, this feels better. It feels better not to be making my list every week and dwelling on what's wrong and trying to figure it out and spending endless hours going over and over and over the past all of that. So, you know, there's hope. I, I, I think that, that, uh, 
you know, we can have confidence that once people do connect to their wisdom, they, they find their right path for yeah. them. You know, and yeah. it, she might have needed to go back, but she was pretty sure she didn't, and it worked out. That's a great story. I, 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 um, I've had that happen with, with psychiatrists as well, but yeah. uh, mostly because I won't see a client if they're, um, they're in traditional therapy with somebody else because it's too confusing for them to be analyzing things and then talking about their problems and then not talking about their problems, right? But um, I had a, a, a teenager, and it was in the days where there was goth, you know, there was so much, and she was came in. She was so depressed. She she sat sideways in her chair and wouldn't even look at me. She was so n- negative and so depressed. And she had been diagnosed with bipolar. And so we started talking, and, and she started getting better. And she was lighting up. And and she said, "I think my medication needs to be adjusted." And I said, "Okay, well, just go talk to your psychiatrist and tell them you're doing better, and maybe the medication could be adjusted." And if he needs any information, I'm happy to talk to him. So she came back and she said, well, I told my psychiatrist that, and he increased my medication yeah. because I, he said I, I was feeling better and he thought that I was being manic. I said, okay, well, let's, I'm going to send these forms. And I, I did a, the BSI, which is a brief symptom inventory. It's really tracks progress. And I said, I'm going to send this with you so he can see what you were like when you first came in and what you're like now, and just um, send a little report with you about what I see changing and how you're different. And so she went back again with armed with this and he increased her medication again. Again. Oh. And then the third time I said, well, I don't, I don't know what else to do here um, with you. And she said, Oh, don't worry about it. And so, Oh, maybe two months go by. And I finally, I remembered, I was like, Hey, what's going on with your medication? And she said, oh, I went off of it last time I went to see him. I thought, I don't need to be taking this medication. And but I went off of it a couple months ago. I said, oh, 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 oh. you're supposed to like <laughs> let me know when you're going off your medication. Oh, my God. Right? But yeah. she, just, she was so much better, and she figured it out for herself. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know, suggesting that anybody should go out there and go off their medication because their psychiatrist is, is not telling them the truth or isn't coming from a place of health. But what we're trying to say is that, you, get, you have to listen to your wisdom because people can get stuck in old ways of looking at things, no matter what you're doing in any profession, including medical science. So that you just want to kind of be aware that there's a new way of looking at our psychology and that it's not about solving problems or focusing on what's wrong with you so that you can feel better. It's the opposite of that. It's really focusing on your health and seeing how to live there more of the time. And understand if you get a little off balance, what to do about it. Right. And it's interesting. I've had uh, clients sometimes that will say, well, isn't that irresponsible, you know, not to focus on your problems? And I said, I'm not asking you to choose not to focus on your problems. I'm asking you to choose to focus on your health and see what happens. Because the problems aren't going anywhere. You know, whatever situations you're looking at in life, if they're real, they're there. But when you get deeper in touch with your health and well-being, they may look less problematic to you. (laughs) And people would say, well, so you're not telling me to just ignore things that are going wrong in my life. And I go, no, I'm not telling you to ignore things that are going wrong in your life. I'm telling you to set them aside while we're talking. 
and let's just talk about, you know, the strengths that we have as people to find and get in touch with our wisdom and start to understand that we have the power to change. And when we change, things look different. And it's so funny when people do change and then they'll say, well, um, okay, should we spend the last 10 minutes maybe talking about my problem? And then they'll go back and they, they'll either they can't remember exactly what it was or they'll go, oh, that's not that big a deal. <laughs> this lady went back, she used to come in with a notebook and she had her little problems all written down. And I asked her to close the book and set it on the sofa. It's right there. You can open it at any time. Just close it for a while. And then at the end of the session, she wanted to check and see if, you know, how her problems were. She goes back and she looks at him and she goes, oh, my goodness. I can't believe I was upset about all this stuff. (laughs) And it was really sweet, you know, because she saw it. She saw it for herself. And I said, so next week, if you come back, are you going to bring your notebook? And she said, I don't know. I don't know if this is really real. And I said, well, all I'm going to ask you to do is to assume that it might be. Just go home for the week and don't go back to your problems just because you feel guilty that you're not looking at your notebook. Just assume maybe I can see things different now. And uh, she made it through the whole week with no new problems. It was great. <laughs> it, it, it is a crack up, isn't it? That people, people come in with a list of things so they don't forget to talk about them. Right. And the trick is really is to forget to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've had that happen. I don't know that they have the list of things to talk about. And then they'll go like, oh, I totally forgot to talk to you about my problems. You know, I do that every week. I, I make my list, but then I forget to talk about them. Yeah. I say, yeah, that's the point. But that's think about idea. it for a minute. How important is it if you forgot about it? Right. I I think it's great. And I think that, you know, the whole point about being responsible is the most responsible thing that we can do is take care of ourselves and our own state of mind. Being responsible to look in the direction of happiness and peace and well-being and then live our life the best we can. And things will happen and you'll have to address them, solve them, do whatever. But they don't look like problems unless your state of mind is so low that you feel like you you can't find an answer to them. As soon as you get in touch with your wisdom, you start seeing answers from the unknown, from something you never thought of before. As long as you're in a low state of mind, just circling around in your intellect, you just keep looking at the same information and it wasn't good the last time you looked and it didn't get any better because it never changes. (laughs) And so the idea is to to take care of your state of mind and your sense of well-being and your understanding of yourself as the thinker and then go go on with your life and do what you have to do. That's a great place to end. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I wish we wish you a problem-free week. <laughs> yes, yeah, put your problems aside. If it's important, you'll deal with it right then. If not, your mind's tricking you. Right. And have a great week, and we'll be talking to you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Aloha. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com. 